This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm super excited to be here with Mark. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so why don't you like kind of take us back to the beginning, take us back to your early days, first drink, childhood, stuff like that. Yeah, first, that's a, that's a while ago because I uh, just, just turned 40 uh, last week. So I'd say I'd have to go back to probably when I was about 15 years old, I want to say. So I would have been sometime like sophomore in college or so. And, and I remember uh, the first drink I ever had and I got you know very sick on it was a Zima which is a nasty malt beverage type yeah. of drink um, and, and I just remember the uh, you know dr- drinking a bunch of those and, and getting very sick and throwing up and saying oh, I'll never do this again and how could anybody drink this stuff so that that's my first I guess memory of, of actually drinking alcohol um, not, not a pleasant one as probably most people would uh, agree with on that but um, I didn't, I wouldn't say that I really started drinking much after that. I think it was a little bit later, a few years later, where I really started, I guess, getting more into it in college and so forth. But 15, about 15 was probably when I first had my uh, first experience with it. And so what, you didn't like it, you did like it. How did it go from there? It, yeah, I mean, I did, definitely didn't like the taste. I mean, it, I never grew accustomed to liking the taste of malt beverages anyway, but uh, uh, it was pretty It was pretty gross. But I think, you know, you like that feeling that you kind of got at the beginning, um, which is the part that kind of keeps keeps bringing you back, right, as you, you start feeling good and your inhibitions are down and that sort of thing. And, of course, it's cool to do it. So, you know, why not? Um, I said I didn't get heavy into it in high school. I'd say we, we do the typical, like, Friday night football games. Let's go – to a corner store that would, you know, illegally sell underage kids alcohol. And we, we would buy, you know, more of those kind of fruity type drinks, that sort of stuff that people are used to. Um, and, and those tended to taste a little better, right? Cause there, there are tons of sugar in them and Kool-Aid basically with a little alcohol. So, right. um, but, but uh, yeah, that, that first drink was, I, I didn't like it. I would say it, it was, it was just more the the feeling. And then of course the hangover the next day was pretty rough being, uh, being at that age. And then, so, didn't drink much in high school then what happened after high school where where did it go from there yeah so it, you know high school again i played sports and then i was working so i didn't really i guess get too much into the heavy drinking crowd and keg parties and all those types of things that you typically hear about uh, i went to a four-year university in austin and you know pretty typical party school but i was still a, a you know, I was working full-time and actually going to school full-time, so it was, a, it was a little bit different of a student, so I didn't have as much free time to go out and party and do those things until my junior and senior year, I would say, in college, which is obviously when I turned 21 as well. So then I had the ability to go out to bars and, and hang out, and I had some friends that, you know, we would go out with pretty regularly, usually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights, uh, fr- Thursday, Wednesday through Saturday nights, we would go out and you know, there's a very famous street in Austin, as most people who have been there know. And so you would you would have found me there quite a bit in the early 2000s and, uh, you know, just going out with some friends and, and having a good time. And of course, most of those nights ended with, you know, pretty, he- pretty heavy drinking because you'd start early. And and so I'd say that's probably where the bulk of that, the, the, the heavier drinking started was, was during those college years. And did you feel pretty similar to your peers or did you kind of feel like you were doing things differently at that time or? No, I'd say we, we, 
um, it, it felt normal, I guess I'd say, as we all were doing that and there wasn't anything abnormal about it. Like you know, occasionally you'd get sick, of course, you'd have too much to drink. And so you'd, you'd be dealing with that the next morning. But at that age, you could rebound pretty quick and you shove a, a hamburger in your mouth and a, a shake from somewhere and, and you were back at it the next day. So the ability to bounce back was a lot different then. So I think we just sort of felt like that was just part of the, the cost of going out and having fun. Uh, I still made it to work every every morning the next morning or I made it to my classes. So it never impacted the ability to actually get up and, and do my job, uh, probably because I was 21 and had that ability. Uh, nowadays, that's not the case, right? You spend three, four days trying to recover from something like that. Yeah, exactly. It totally catches up to you the, <laughs> the older you are. Um, so then what happened you, after, after sort of college and where'd you go? What happened next? Yep. Yeah. So after college, I, I you know, graduated and uh, we made that my girlfriend at the time, we, we got engaged and we wanted to move back to Houston. So we, we actually, we moved back to Houston right after I graduated and she had graduated and I got into uh, software technology sales. And so it was not something I went to school for. I went to school to be a management and business college and, and that sort of thing. But uh, technology was just something that I liked. So I got into this tech sales role. And, you know, in, in that world, if anybody out there is listening has, has been in it, you know, that alcohol is a big part of it. Like you always are at events, you're, you're, you're hosting happy hours for customers. You know, there were keg parties on the top of the parking garage at this particular company that I worked for. That was kind of wow. under the, the norm. There was beer stocked in the fridges. I mean, it's just, it's just sort of how things were. Alcohol was just a, a heavy part of it. Uh, we'd go to sales kickoffs. I'm actually going to one next week in Vegas. So this will be a, this will be a sober first for me in Vegas with zero alcohol. Um, but I'm, oh, I'm ready for the challenge. So it's just, you know, there's just a lot of uh, opportunities to drink. And, and so you felt like an outcast if you weren't. Uh, and literally this still, I, I wrote this in my story, but it, it sticks out to me is that somebody told me when I first joined, like, if you're in this role, you have to drink. Like, it's just a almost a prerequisite for being in it because you're going to be out entertaining customers and, you know, you don't want to be the guy not ordering a, a, a beer whenever your customer is doing it. So it just sort of was ingrained in our culture, I would say. Yeah, that was obviously my same experience, literally being told like, this is part of the whole thing. You got to do this. Yep. And yeah. so can't right. put it on a job description, but it's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I know it's so, it's so interesting. Um, Wow. The, I heard a statistic recently that blew me away, and I haven't seen the study myself, but uh, it was from a reliable source that basically they did a study in the UK, and the average employee cost their employer 7,500 pounds a year in hungover days. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I bet a lot of those were on this past Monday, at least in the US with the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, so. right. Um, all right, cool. So big sales job, keeping up. And then what's next? Yeah, so I would say the, um, the you didn't really, really notice, I didn't really notice, I guess, a, a big change in my drinking because I was in college and then I went to, you know, software sales, like, oh, this is kind of the, the norm. Um, obviously, as I started you know, getting a little older, we weren't going out and partying all the time and, and doing those, but you certainly had the happy hours and, and everything. So I would say just gradually the, the amount of drinking went up. Usually it was just, hey, I'm only doing this on a, you know, work function or we're going out with friends. It wasn't a lot of drinking at, at the house. Um, so I would say, we, you know, I wouldn't stop in and picking up a 12 pack every day or anything like that in the in the earlier days. So, um, you know, I kind of just 
said, hey, it's only when I'm out having fun, that's when we're doing it. So it's just so it's social drinking, right? So you'd always mark that on your, um, you know, your forms every time you go to the doctor. It's like, how much do you drink? Oh, I'm just a social drinker because I'm only doing it when I'm out socially. I'm not sitting at my house on my couch by myself, you know, drinking beer or, uh, you know, vodka sodas or whatever. Um, but I would say just over the, the course of the next probably eight, eight years or so, it just gradually would, would increase. I think you said in the book is, you know, you're, you're always drinking more than you previously were because to get that same feeling, you're having to, to take more in. And I was pretty proud of the, um, you know, how, the endurance, I guess, or the, you know, how much I could drink versus getting, you know, drunk, right? The early days, it's like you have a few beers and you feel like you're ex- very wasted. And then later on, it's like, well, I need six, I need six beers just to kind of get primed uh, right. to be able to then, you know, go start doing the real drinking. And that's just because your body gets used to it and takes a lot more. So I think gradually over time, just going and having, um, you know, very heavy booze filled weekends with, you know, guys trips or just vacations that we would go on where it was very, booze centric and, and just a lot of, uh, you know, drinking. And it's almost felt like we were you know, planning our events and things around going out and making sure we had an opportunity to get drinks in and that sort of thing. So it started really in the past few years, I would say dominating a lot of the just decisions that you would make even when you're out and about, right. Instead of worrying about having fun and going to this next thing, it's like, okay, we're, let's make sure we plan something. So we have some opportunity to go and, and have an opportunity to drink. Right. And so strategically placing things in there so that you always have a, a reason to say, oh, well, I'm, I'm only doing it because uh, I'm on vacation or, you know, because so-and-so is in town, we're going to go have some drinks, whatever, whatever the case may be, you make excuses to, to give yourself a reason to do it. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, the tolerance thing, I remember being so proud of that for myself. Like I was like, that is, like, yeah, I'm it's a badge such of honor. badass. <laughs> Right? Like it's just so interesting in hindsight. And you know, your body is just like, okay, I just need to learn how to process this better because you're putting more and more of it into me and I need to be able to like handle it without letting you die. Like that's kind of what's happening. Yep. And so we're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, I think they say you shouldn't drink like more than one drink, like which is an ounce of, of liquor or maybe a 12 ounce beer once an hour because your liver can't process it. But, you know, one, if I did that one, if, at that time, if I would only drink one beer an hour, I would have never even had a buzz. So it would have been like, what's the point of really drinking, I guess, right? I mean, you're, you're drinking to get that buzz feeling. And so one an hour just wasn't going to cut it for me, especially at like tailgates, you know, football events. Obviously, you know, alcohol is a big part of that. It's just, it's just, and it's funny now because I go to the games with my, with my oldest son and, you know, he's kind of seen the, the change that I, that I made and, and you, you go to the, it's a lot cheaper, which is great because you go sit at a, an NFL game and you could pay $12 for a, a beer or, you know, you get some, some water. And so it, it definitely makes the going out a lot cheaper, but it's just funny because there's, there's advertisements everywhere for it. And yeah. I guess you don't notice it as much when you're in it, but now I see it everywhere. I mean, the signs, you know, billboards around Christmas time for, uh, you know, all kind of, you know, you can't have fun unless you have, you know, this type of vodka or whatever it is. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's out there in a, big, in a big way, I would say, that I just didn't notice, I guess, until I kind of made that decision back in November. Yeah, it's really hard to notice. And I, I feel like it's not only, there's two things sort of at play that are so interesting. I mean, you get really numb. You build up a tolerance for the advertising too. You know, you build up a tolerance yep. for how much it's on everything, you know, just like, specifically in football games, watching football games with the kids, it's like, wow, it's every other commercial. Yeah. And the things that they're tying the 
alcohol into, you know, it's like self-actualization or, you know, giving or being a compassionate person or helping your neighbor or exercise. Like it's not even like maybe we've gotten smart to the whole, you know, you're going to go have, you know, a threesome if you drink this beer. Like I didn't see any commercials like that. These were all (laughs) these, you know, these like shed a tear, super deep emotional. Oh, by the way, it's for a beer. I'm like, what? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, my favorite is the, you know, the, the one particular beer that, you know, I, I liked because I, you know, bought into the advertising is that if you're, if you're athletic and you like to go work out, you know, what, what do you do at the end of your workout? Well, you're going to go pick up one of these low carb beers and, and start, you know, hanging out with all your friends at the bar. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the advertising. And now there's a new one that's advertising themselves as the better version of that better tasting, you know, a little bit lower carbs. So it's just funny that they have latched onto it and um, it, it, it works. That's why they're doing it is because they got, they've got a, a lot of people hooked on it. And I was, I was definitely one of them and that was, you know, I was, I was feeding into it. So. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, so the other thing that's really just to touch on before we move on is, is that whole idea of how, little or much you're drinking. I mean, I I literally remember, and it was funny because I just remembered this recently. I had somebody come up to me um, and we were just in in a circle or whatever. And and she was just, somebody was making a comment, one of our mom friends, we were all at a, had dropped off the kids at like a school event. And the mom friends were standing in a circle and they were just making this comment like, oh, Annie, it's so interesting. Like now it's such a trend to like not drink. I'm seeing it everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it's really interesting. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I barely ever drink anyway. And it was funny because when I first met this woman and she told me that I believed her, because of course, why would you not believe her? You know, now I've known her for yep. five years and I've never not seen her with a drink in her hand, ever. So I don't yeah. know if she like, but we do that to ourselves. And when I was remembering, I was like, was I like that? Did I have any awareness? And I was like, no, you know what? I think I said, I'm just not a big drinker. I literally said that not only to myself all the time, but also to everybody else. And I was a very big drinker, but it was like, but I'm not as big as that colleague or that coworker, or I'm not doing this, or, you know, there's some, it's just crazy how we literally confuse ourselves. I wasn't saying it to be, to lie. I was, and, and she wasn't either. She's, she's saying it because she believes she barely ever drinks. And I'm like, wow, I, I've seen you dozens of times um, in the last few months and you've never not been drinking. So I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. And a few times you were super drunk. <laughs> like, so I don't know what barely ever, but we just do it and we, we tell ourselves these stories and then we just believe it. So it becomes super hard to question it. Yep. I always do that. I, I compared myself to other people. I'm like, I'm, you know, I can quit at any time. I would do the you know dry January. I, I think I mentioned that I did it last year. So 2019 in January and you know I was like oh this is cool there's a trend of like not drinking I can reset and let my liver get back to normal and and then uh you know go back to drinking again in February and um but like it was crazy because the entire time you know I was thinking about when's that next drink gonna come it's like oh man I can't wait until January 31st uh I didn't make it to January 31st because my vacation was starting before then and I didn't want to you know, going to vacation, not having my liver ready for what was going to ensue that weekend. So, um, but yeah, I always tell myself, like, I don't drink as much as this person and I can always quit whenever I want to. And it's really not that much. But if you, if you 
and it's same thing with food. Like people, when they say that, I don't eat so much junk food, but if you actually start recording what you eat with an app or something like that, you'd be surprised at how much, you know, junk you really put in your body. So it's the same thing with alcohol. If you actually sat down and recorded every drink you took that day, you'd look back and, and by all standards, you would say, yeah, I was binge drinking almost any time that I drank, you know, by the, the normal um, health standards, right? Because you're having right. six or more beers in that short period of time or, you know, three or four vodka sodas, which are very easy to put down in a, in a couple hours or an hour even, these events. But uh, you, don't, you don't think about that unless you actually write it down and go back and look at it and say, oh, man, I was, yeah, I was drinking way too much. Yeah, the, um, there was an exercise somebody did where they took just the normal, you know, the big kind of nice wine glasses that we all, you know, were using or whatever. And they took a whole bottle of wine and you can pour an entire bottle yeah. of wine in most of those wine glasses. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I've seen like, it. Well, it's just I've one seen that one. It is one glass. Like, is that four ounces? Is that a six ounce glass? Is it 12 ounces? Like I, I had all kinds of ways to rationalize if it was a 20 ounce beer. Well, I mean, that's, that's just one beer. Um, it just happens to be 20 ounces versus 12. So uh, does it really count the same? Well, yeah, you just drink almost two beers. So yeah, we, we do that mentally, I think, to, to not feel bad about the fact that we're drinking because it was always in the back of my mind that I'm like drinking too much and that I should either cut back or stop. And so that's just part of the mental part of it, just saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm not drinking as much. It's not as much of a problem as I think it is. So I think it's normal that everybody goes through that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so then what? What happened next? Um, so I would say you know, this past two years, really, I've just, you know, I, I've been thinking about it more. Um, you know, started kind of with the dry January last year. Um, and then just the, kind of the course of the last two years, it's been a, it's been a, a good run at the, the current company that I'm at, but it's been a pretty stressful one. And I would say, especially this year, it's, it's been a, or I'd say this year, last year in 2019, it was, it was pretty rough. So I found that my drinking was just getting, you know, it, it was extremely habitual. Um, you know, end of the day, it's, you know, four o'clock, I start getting that itch. That's like, oh man, I'd love to have a, have a cocktail or just a glass of wine or have some beers. So it went from being like a, Hey, we're just going to do this on the weekends or only whenever we go to a friend's house or only whenever we do you know, vacations, you know, what, whatever we were saying to, you know, that's the only time we were going to drink. It, it never really ended up being that. And so what happened to being let's, let's just drink on the weekends. was like, well, it's Tuesday. So like, let's, let's drink on Tuesday now. And Oh, we're going out. So it's, you know, I know it's only Thursday and we say we weren't going to drink, but, you, you know, we would have that drink. And, and so I just found myself pretty much, I would say almost every day, um, whether it was one drink or it was a few drinks. I mean, there was always alcohol pretty much daily at that point is, is, you know, end of the day, I'm going to have this cocktail and I'm going to take the edge off. And really I was just numbing the fact that I was, was unhappy and, you know, having stress at work instead of dealing with that, I was, I was just pouring alcohol into my system to really numb it. And, and it did work. Um, you know, the numbing works for a little bit, but then the, the pain of the next morning as I got older just became, you know, more and more in my mind. Like I'm, I'm doing this to my body. I'm waking up with headaches. I can't sleep at night. I'm tossing and turning. Like, why am I, why am I doing this? Um, and so I, I started, I've always been a, I would say a bit of a, a fitness nut. I don't go crazy, but I like to, I like to work out. I really enjoy it and, and you know, try to stay in, in shape. And I was doing all these things with my diet and exercise and, you know, all these 
regimens. But the one thing that didn't change was the fact that I was still drinking quite a bit. So I felt good physically. I was working out and doing all these things, but then I would just go pour all this, this alcohol into my system and I'd have really poor sleep and wake up and just really feeling bad about myself saying, well, you know, why do I keep, why do I keep doing this? Why am I punishing myself with these headaches and aches and pains and, you know, upset stomach and, and everything else that comes along with it. And then just the shame of like, doing it you know the fact that i couldn't i would say I could control it but i really wasn't controlling it all that sort of started bubbling up i would say uh summertime and then leading into the the kind of the holiday season um which is which is really that you know i probably picked the worst time that you possibly could to decide that i'm going to quit um and i did that in early i guess mid-november is when i i did it i think you called it like spontaneous sobriety or, or something, yeah. something along those lines. And I just woke up one day and said, we had a, an event. We went out with some friends for this, uh, this guy's 40th birthday party. And I came home that, that next morning, I had a hangover. I was like, I'm done. Like, I just, I've got to, I've got to stop. I'm going to quit. Told my wife, like, I'm done. And at that time, it, mentally, I was saying I'm done for a certain period of time. I didn't say I'm just done period. Like, I just, I just got to quit for a while. Um, and then I started researching and, and looking at other, you know, other people that have done this. Cause I was like, Hey, I can't be the only person that's gone through this. I'm not a, I, I can't see ever doing like an AA meeting or something. And I'm not saying that those are bad. I just, they weren't for me. Cause I wasn't going to go sit in a room and talk about it and admit that I had some problem that I couldn't overcome. Cause I'm just, I, I, I felt like I could overcome it. So I just said, look, I'm, I'm done. Um, and, and that's when I stopped. But again, my point was I was looking for research on like what other people are doing. So I found another another book um, before I read yours that was very much in the same vein of like, hey, you know, getting sober. Why do we why do we do this to ourselves? And, you know, how do you sort of mentally overcome the desire for the alcohol? Because it, it becomes chemical at that point where you've got that desire. And I read some books on desire and really just trying to uh, gain knowledge about why do we make these choices that we make so that I could mentally change my attitude towards it, which is what you have to do with anything. It's just like dieting. If you just change, I'm just going to change my food. It's not going to work. You have to change your, your attitude and your, your mind and really shift your thinking to be able to do it. And so that's, that's why I started reading these books. And that's why I came across yours. And as I mentioned in my, in my note to you, I was like, I was reading it and I kept running into my wife and I was like, man, this is like, this is me. This is my life. This is exactly what I've been through. You know, these are things that I've been struggling with. So it sort of validated my decision. And they gave me a lot of just, you know, um, I guess, encouragement and resources to look at of, you know, how do I continue on this, this journey, right, without, um, you know, falling back into the, the trap that I was in before. That's so awesome. Um, that's so great. And I did the same thing in terms of right before the holidays. It was really like right before the holidays. <laughs> it was just like, well, yeah. time, it's time. I guess that was silly in hindsight, but it, it wasn't. It was the right thing for me. So that's really cool. Yeah, it showed me that if I can do it, then like I can do it. I mean, then going out to a party or things that just seemed like very, uh, like I was scared to go do without having alcohol. Um, now it's not a big deal. Like three, you know, right. two and a half, three months later, it's it's sort of like okay, it's I don't I'm not even thinking when I go to that event. You know, how am I gonna not have a drink? Like that's not even part of my thought process now. But those first that first month, I mean, you had you had Thanksgiving, so obviously there's there's wine and other things like that going on. You have, um, then you have all these bowl games, which I'm a big football fan. So I love watching football and sitting on the couch, having a, a beer. And then you got Christmas and you're, you know, out for the holidays on vacation and traveling. So like 
it's a tough thing to do to not actually drink. Um, but again, you know, to, to, uh, the point of the book is like when you mentally, you, you change your mindset and, and look at alcohol for what it really is. It's not the part that was making me have the fun. Uh, it, it felt like it was, but it, it had so much negative on the back end, right? The pain of the, the hangovers and all that just started getting much worse. And so I had to realize that I could do that without, you know, having a drink. Uh, and really the first big sober first that I would, that I would say I had um, was a, a Christmas party that we go to every year. A lot of our close friends, uh, it's all adults. So we have a good time. You know, we bring gag gifts and everybody has a lot of fun with, you know, what, what crazy gifts somebody's going to bring. So there's, there's plenty of drinking. Uh, and I talked to another friend of mine who was going through the same same thing. He made the decision, ironically, right, right around the same time as me. We just sort of landed at the same time and told each other. And we're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were doing that, too. And he gave me some ideas. I'm like, well, how do you go? You know, what should I do? Because I didn't want to answer all those questions, you know, at that party. And well, why aren't you drinking? And what's going on? Are you sick? Is there something wrong? Did you, you know, or, or did you fall off the wagon? Like, what, what's the problem here? Uh, so I just showed up with uh, my own, you know, Yeti cup. If you're down here in Texas, and we love our Yeti cups, and I had club soda in there with some limes, and and basically had that the entire night, and I would just restock it, and didn't get a single question about it. So it was actually pretty easy, and I had a good time. And you know, from that point on, I realized like I, I can do this. You know, I can actually go out to an, an event that has a lot of alcohol, and be totally fine, have conversations, and um, and still enjoy myself without having the, the hangover the next morning. That's so awesome. And so do you have any special plans for your sales meeting in Vegas? <laughs> uh, no, I think, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, I, I, a lot of the, the people that are closer to me know that I've, you know, completely stopped drinking. I mean, the, the number one question you get is, is are, you know, when are you going to start drinking again? That's like, that's almost the default, like, you know, question is like, well, no, I'm not. I mean, I don't have any plans to drink again. I'm not going to say I'll never have a drink because I don't want to you know, beat myself up too bad if I had a sip of champagne or something at some event, but like, I, I don't have a, a desire for it. So, you know, we'll go out and they'll have, you know, club sodas and, and limes, which is kind of my go-to and, you know, I'll maybe throw some ginger beer in there with it. Cause I like the, the, the taste of the ginger beer. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I'm just going to hang out, have fun. I, I definitely will get a lot better sleep. I won't be waking up the next morning dragging myself into sessions, feeling horrible. So I'll probably be way more attentive and, and probably learn a little bit more because I won't be hung over. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually going up a couple of days early to go see some shows with my wife. So we'll have some fun and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I did. Uh, your Our journeys are very similar. I did um, Vegas very soon as well within the first six months. And I actually had a friend call me up and she was like, she's, she had been sober through AA and she's like, okay, tell me, call me anytime. Let me know the support you need. Let me know all this stuff. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I know this is going to be intense. And I was like, really? Like I didn't plan on that, but yeah, I'll let you know. And I think it is, it's so, it's so true. Once your mindset is kind of shifted and you're really looking at it, it's like, yeah, why would I do that? I'm looking forward to everything that's going to happen. Like the shows and the, um, yeah. Uh, I remember not feeling hung over at some of our like breakfast buffets, just feeling like, yeah, no, this is awesome. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> Nothing. That it is. Want. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That's very cool. It's very yeah, cool. I think so, most people are still looking for, well, when is he going to pick up that next beer? And it's like, well, I mean, again, I don't, I, I just don't have the desire to do it. So it's um, yeah, but it, 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 you know, January was funny because you did see a few people 
that traditionally I've noticed that they would drink a lot and, and they did some dry January. So I think, I mean, everybody sort of questions it and I, I didn't go put it out there. It's like, Hey, look at me, I'm not drinking, but you know, you'd be at an event and everybody else is ordering drinks and you, you have to order something and they're like, Oh, you're not drinking. And so you just sort of, yeah, it's a choice I made. And like, that's what I said. The next question would always be, okay, well, when are you going to stop? And, um, you know, what, what are you going to do when you go on vacation? You know, you're, you're going on these vacations. Like, how are you going to do that? It's like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm do like every normal person does whenever they go and doesn't drink. Um, I'm going to have some fun and I'll be able to remember most of it, which is probably more than I can say for some of my other vacations. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So good. Um, so has there been, I mean, I know you're into fitness, but has there been any, anything else that you've really found kind of pivotal in your journey that has really been helpful or has it just really been about the mindset shift? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, you know, the, the mindset, the mindset shift was really the, the, the biggest thing to make. Like I said, I've, I've always tried the, like, I'm going to go moderate and I'm just going to drink a little bit. I'm going to cut back, but it never worked. Right. It just, it, it literally, it was too stressful because I was always like, Oh, can I have this drink tonight? And it's like, if you do, you feel really, really crappy about it because you just, you let yourself down because you're, you didn't have the willpower to withstand it. And so, uh, again, I, I, I just, I read up on a lot of different things about the mind and how it works and, you know, willpower can only get you so far because you're just not, the, the body is not used to it. Like we're not gonna be able to do it. So you got to have more than just willpower to get through it. At the beginning, it's fine. You know, saying no to that drink or, you know, me, the sugar, definitely, you, you mentioned it has uh, the sugar cravings have definitely uh, heightened. Um, so that's probably my next challenge is how do I get that back off of, uh, of my plate? But um you know, I, I'd say that mindset was, was critical because if I'd been thinking like, oh, I'm only going to do this until December 31st or December 24th so I can drink on Christmas or whatever, like, I don't think I would have had the, the strength to do it. Um, but by saying like, it's done, it's out, it's, it's out of my life. Like, I don't need it to be happy. Um, I think that that to me is what helped do it because I'm not thinking when's my next drink. It's just not part of the, the thought process anymore. So that was it. Um, the fact that I was turning 40 and, and, and I have three kids and really want to be around for them for the long haul. And it's like, there's enough things out there trying to, to kill us on a daily basis. Why am I doing more to help, you know, kill myself early? So um, the health part of it was, was really big for me. I was you know, nervous that I, I was self-inflicting all this you know, pain on myself that was going to ultimately lead to who knows, you know, what it could be cancer. It could be anything. You just, you don't know it's a roll of the dice, but why, why contribute more to it than the environment already contributing on its own? Yeah, that's so good. So true. So true. So if you were going to go um, back in time, Mark, and just, just talk to, I mean, it, it, it sounds, gosh, so similar to, to my journey of like, it just feeling so normal and typical until I was just like, what, what am I doing? Like it wasn't, it wasn't really any humongous moment or, point where I was like, no, I'm drinking differently than everybody else around me or anything like that. It was just more of a, like, hmm, I just want more for my own life. And, um, but if you were going to go back and, and talk to yourself, um, especially the part of yourself that was like, oh, had been told that your job wasn't going to be successful without it, or that it was so vital for social life. Like, what would you tell him about what life is like today? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I would tell them that, that obviously all those things are not true, um, that it's definitely not required to be successful in any, in any career, I guess, unless maybe you, you sell alcohol, but even 
then I don't think it's, it's required to be successful. Um, so obviously the, the, the lies and what you're going to be fed is, is simply not true. And so, um, you know, really what you're, what you're after is, you know, enjoying those experiences, being able to remember them, um, not drinking allows you to actually be more in the moment than when you are drinking, even though, you know, your, your inhibitions are down when you are drinking, which is why most of us did it. Um, you, you tend to enjoy it a lot more now and conversations are better. You know, I, you know, you, I think you joked about the, you know, the drunk friend that's telling you the same story for like the third or fourth time. Like I'd literally experienced that um, on one of the, the sober first that we went out for like a comedy show and I kept getting the same story over again. So my point is, it's like you actually, you're there and more present without the alcohol. So you tend to remember things and have a, a much more enjoyable time than, than when you are drinking. And, um, you know, again, I think from a, just setting an example for, for my kids, like I, I'd look back and definitely know that I wasn't setting the, the best example with just, you know, you, you don't know how much they pick up and, and all those things, but I, I can tell you now it's, it's very much like, trying to show them that you don't have to do those things to have a good time. And uh, that, that what alcohol really is, is, is poison. And, and, you know, if you are going to do it, you, you, you want to be very, very careful with it. It's, it's literally like playing with a, a loaded weapon at that point, because you don't know how it could go off at any moment. And you could have that where you get hooked or you may be somebody who just doesn't, but I mean, it, it's definitely Russian roulette. I'd say if you're going to start drinking. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. So, so intense, especially when you think of the kids um, in college and stuff like that. And just, it's so good to at least have some, some balanced messaging. You know, I'm not sitting here going to preach like that, you know, we need to go back to prohibition because that obviously didn't work, but just some balance. Mm -hmm. I went to college, not even knowing that, you know, you could just drink too much and die. Like, just be done. Yep. Like that happens a lot in colleges. And um, so if that's it so does. bring that balance. Yeah. I mean, I was never, I don't think on the brink of death, I, would, I don't think so, but I've certainly had ER visits for dehydration, which obviously were from just, uh, you know, drinking way too much and not get enough fluids. So, um, you know, we, we came up with very crafty ways to try to combat just the, the dehydration. So instead of curbing the drinking, we would just take a bunch of electrolytes and, and, and chug those before we'd go out. So our, our, our pregame was actually, you know, drinking a bottle of, of, uh, you know, electrolytes so that you could, could drink more. And so I was like, yeah, I knew that you could die from it, but I was doing all the things to, to try to hydrate my body so that I could actually drink more and, and wake up the next day, which is, which is just crazy, obviously, now that I look back on it. Um, so yeah, I would, that, that would be the message. I mean, I, I it's hard to say, you know, don't ever do it. Don't ever try it. Cause I think you know, having those experiences was just part of growing up and find out who you are. So people are going to do those things. So prohibition, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of it. I think it would make things probably worse, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'd say it's a lot more enjoyable now and I enjoy my kids more, just the experiences more. Um, the fact that I'm able to, to continue working out and, and doing those things without having the headache, you know, pounding headache in the morning and those sorts of things has been a big plus for me. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that it's, it's powerful. I mean, so many people can relate and the more we talk about it, I think the better. So I just really appreciate that. It's, it's awesome. Thank you for being here. Yep. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate right. it. And Have thanks a for great... writing the book. <laughs> yeah, you're so welcome. I'm so glad it helped. It's awesome. 
Cool. Well, have a great day, Mark. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Let me ask you a question. What is better than change? Lasting change, of course. And if you've had trouble making change stick, either with alcohol or in any other area of your life, you are in for a treat. I created the 100 Days of Lasting Change to ensure that we don't just change for a moment, but we truly transform for a lifetime. And this program is so close to my heart. Thousands of people have been through it and their results are incredible. But don't take my word for it. Check it out at thisnakedmind.com forward slash 100 days. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. Thank you.